0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Countryline Songwriters Series, where you'll hear from some of the most successful artists and songwriters working in Nashville today. Country music is all about storytelling, and this is where you'll discover the stories from the people themselves of how they managed to find their way into such a competitive industry and rise to the top, what motivates and inspires them, and what they've learned along the way. Now born in Alabama, Drake White grew up singing in the choir at his local church and after being given a guitar at the age of 14 from a neighbour, he began writing songs and continued to do so while attending college and then university. After earning a degree in building science, he took a job with a general contractor in Nashville, working by day and playing the songwriter rounds at night. His mix of country, blues, funk, rock and roll and reggae would catch the attention of producer Jeremy. Stover and this led to a record deal with MCA Nashville. In August of 2016, White's debut album Spark was released, and in March of the following year, he made his way over to the UK and spoke with Chris Stevens. The Countryline Songwriters Series with Drake White. What makes the perfect song? Any song
1: that evokes feeling from the truth, it's from the heart, and um. Any song, you know, it's hard to say the perfect song, but that's what I think about. I think about truth, I think about honesty, and um, you know, leaving yourself open, just being honest with yourself, and a good story.
2: How do you start that process? Do you do you get an idea when you're in the supermarket or the shower, and you have to go and then write a song, or do you sort of say, "Okay, today I'm I'm songwriting."
1: Oh, uh, it's different. It's uh, you know that I don't really have a rhyme or reason for it, you know, it could hit me in the shower, it could hit me in the market, you know, just an idea, uh, the way the weather's changing, you know, or, or something my wife says, or something one of my crazy band members say, you know, it comes in different ways, and different, in different avenues, and you just have to be open to it.
2: Can you tell us about one of the, the earliest songs that you wrote that has stuck around and, and been, you know, important to you?
1: I was about to go to a real early song, uh, I grew up uh, by a river called the Coosa River in North Alabama, and um, I wrote a song called I Love the River, and that was that was back when I was a, a young kid, and uh, one of the songs that I think about is is 50 uh, Years Too Late, a song that I wrote when, when asked that question, um, but my new single, Making Me Look Good Again, I mean, it's two and a half, three years old, and it just kept coming back, you know, that song, and kind of the honesty of it uh, about my wife and about the person she is and about who she makes me. Um, so Making Me Look Good Again is, uh, there's a couple I named for you, but Making Me Look Good Again is what comes to
0: mind.
2: The album uh, Spark, which is superb by the way, um, you co-wrote every song except Living the Dream, yeah. I believe. Um, so there must be something about that that you went, I've got to have that on my record.
1: You go through uh, a lot of things when you're when you're choosing a single, you know, a single for radio, and you rely on your radio team and your and your people. So to be honest with you, you know that song. Uh, I had an A and R guy tell me, you know, that pitched me that song. I listened to the song and was like, man, I I really dig this tune. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I would have rather one of my songs been the single to be honest with you but once that once I kind of checked myself at the door uh, songwriting and, and songs really don't have room for ego so if I was to close myself off to to accepting songs and to accepting pitches from other people and other writers I would be closing myself off to some of the greatest writers in the world in Nashville so I realized that and it was, a, it was a little bit of a growing up thing for me I, I love the song I love what it said it was written by Tom Douglas and Jaron Johnston and Luke Laird which are great writers that I'm friends with and and uh, you know it doesn't matter if a song speaks to you um, I have the balls to, to step up and, and cut it if it speaks to you because it'll speak to other people if it speaks to you a money but we're making a oh, for a truck with a dog in the bag now. Like green, green Ain't doing half bad For a half full glass Kiss me, baby, yeah Just like that Now hey, live in a dream. It's
2: a great song and a great performance, great recording as well. Um So with an album like Spark, you've got maybe a dozen songs on the album. How many don't make it on?
1: For that album, probably about 70, 60 or 70 tunes, you know, and uh you know, a lot of people say you write 30, 31, 32 years for that first record when, I mean, I'm 33 years old now and have one record out. So I've been writing a long time and, um, you know, there's a lot that don't make it, you know, and you go in there and songwriting such a, it pays homage to loyalty. And what I mean by that is just sharpening your pencil and going in and, and writing every day. Uh, you write a lot of bad songs. You write a lot of mediocre songs and. Every now and then you get a good song, and you have to have that diligence to go in there and just sharpen your pencil every day and, and write
2: are there certain emotional states that make it easier or more difficult to write a song if you, if you're too happy is it hard to write a song because everything's too good
1: ah uh, that's that's an interesting question I don't think so for me you know life is about the ebbs and flows of what you're going through and, and I think that um, if you're honest with yourself and honest with your pen and, and your paper and write it down, sometimes it comes very easy, sometimes it's excruciating, <laughs> and that's just part of it. So I don't I don't think that that has to do for me with, with being sad or going through a breakup. Some people say, you know, a breakup some of the best time to write, and there's some of the best songs that have came out of that, that state of mind. But I believe you embrace all your states of mind, and you go out there, and like I said, just be diligent and sharpen your pencil every day and, and just... Don't be afraid to uh, write your words down.
2: In a moment, we want to end with you choosing one of the tracks off the album um, that's particularly special to you. It doesn't have to be a single necessarily, or but one that for some reason, it just all came together. But first, can you remember the last time uh, you switched on the radio or, or the TV or whatever and heard a song and went, I wish I'd written that one? I listened to Bonnie
1: Raitt a good bit. And... Uh, Let's give them something to talk about always when I, it's such an easy um, type of thing. And the way she does it and the way she records it, it's been recorded, you know, over and over and over by a bunch of different people. When you hear something like Dolly Pardons, uh, I'll Always Love You, I mean, (laughs) no simpler song's ever been written, but it's just so good. It's so perfect. And uh, I don't know. But those two stand up, stand out, and it's funny that um, that those are both female artists, and they're both they're both got a got a groove to them. So yeah, I think those two.
2: Awesome. And finally, um, tell us about one track on the album, um, one that you've you've co-written that may not have the attention of the singles, but it's one that it all came together. Waiting on the whiskey to work. Uh, Tony Lane, which is a brilliant
1: songwriter. And uh, my bass player, Philip Pence, and me got together one day and, and uh, I went back to a time, I wasn't in a sad state, but I went back to a time where every everybody, I think, has bellied up to a bar. Um, maybe not everybody, but everybody that I know, I guess, <laughs> has bellied up to a bar one time in their life and, and gotten over something, gotten over a heartache or a break. And, and they're just sitting there waiting waiting on it to go away. So me and Tony and Phil came up with a title, Waiting on the Whiskey to Work. I'm just just waiting on the Whiskey to Work. And um, brought my band in, The Big Fire, and we just, from a production standpoint, that was just such a weird Andrew Petroff, this guy that started working with him. And you know, nobody's really well known we were just all kind of messing around and and if you listen to sonically that song on the record it's like where does this come from but it turned into this wonderful wonderful song that i fell in love with and uh i love the production in it and it's one of those hidden tracks um that i love that that completes the record i'm just waiting on the whiskey got some money in my shirt and i'll stay here all night long if i have to oh i'm just waiting on the band to stop to play a little tune for a busted up heart a little something to numb this
2: Drake White, thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you.
0: The Countryline Songwriters series with Drake White. More episodes from this series are available on the Country Line app and website, or just search for the Country Line Songwriters series wherever you normally get your podcasts.